Welcome to the Challenge Chronicles. I'm Devin Jordan. I'm with Trace Armstrong and no Rob McIntyre. Uh, Rob's debtors uh, have finally caught up to him. Uh, He's currently on the lam. Uh, I hired Tanya Harding to get my money. When he will return uh, at this point is TBD. Uh, Most likely uh, the next time he appears on the show will be from some dark room. Uh, from an undisclosed location. So we'll, we'll see what happens next. Today we are planning to do, uh, this is kind of like a bonus episode. We're going to do our, some things that we love about the challenge. Uh, this could be anything. We, I had thrown this out there as an idea a while ago um, and I stole it from another podcast that I listened to called Effectively Wild. Really good baseball podcast. I would highly recommend if anyone's into it. And they kind of did... Uh, they would do this like randomly. They would do this. The, at this point, the show's been on for, I think, 1,700 episodes, maybe longer. Um, and they would do this like periodically at like episode 1,000 or um, certain intervals. Uh, and it would just be things that they uh, love about baseball. Or, I, I don't even know if it was love. Um, but we're going to do it for the challenge today. Um, let me tell you right now, there was a ton of prep time involved in this. Um, we, About 30 uh, seconds. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, but I think we can have like a, a pretty good conversation about this. So I have three picked out. I think Trace has three picked out. And we're just going to go back and forth on this. Tomorrow, we we do plan. Uh, we're rec- recording this on Wednesday. Uh, we do plan on uh, recording a recap of the reunion for the Challenge All-Stars that we hope to get out tomorrow night. Rob and I will probably re- be recording that, so that it, that will be Rob's return. Um, and I'm out because I have to work, so I, I'm v- hopelessly busy tomorrow. So they're recording without me. Do we? So what do we want to do after that? Um, if anyone has any episode ideas, uh, good like off season ideas, message us on Patreon. Mes- message us uh, at our email, thechallengechronicles at gmail We'll probably do a. Uh, a dual two, uh, the third part of dual two coming up here soon. We also plan to do uh, some previews of the new cast for season 37 for the uh, the new people that haven't been on the show before since half the cast hasn't been on the season or on the, on the challenge before. Um, yep. We're actually researching the people we don't know so that we can actually break them down for everybody before the season airs. So that we're actually putting some effort into this one. It's not just yeah. a, we're going to Google it. We're actually looking these people up and trying to find stuff out about them. So we will uh, get that info to you when we get it. All right. Things that we love about the challenge. And so this yep. could be anything, right? This could be uh Mosley's outfit from the first gauntlet. This could be, uh, you, you'll, you'll kind of, you'll kind of get the idea as we go through this, but I'll let Trace go yeah. first. Yeah. So this is kind of like three and one. So you're just going to have to go with me on it. Um, the challenge really kind of is my law and order. And what I mean by that is if you turn on the television, pick a channel, you're probably going to find a version of law and order on somewhere. I mean, the show is just on 24 seven around the world. And so you can kind of jump in and out of an episode of law and order whenever you want. That's why it's on or CSI or uh, CSI or whatever it is. Um, And so the challenge is kind of like that to me. It's like comfort food TV. 
Um, but that's also combined with the fact that I really love reality TV in general. I mean, good reality TV. I don't like bad reality TV. Bad Girls Club ain't exactly on my watch list. Um, but then combined with that, the challenge also, because they have returning characters every season or every few seasons, there's a familiarity to the cast. So it's not like Survivor where it can sometimes be really jarring to go from like China to Samoa. You know, like it just it's a completely different game, completely different cast, completely different location. Whereas with the challenge, yeah, you might have a new location. You might not, you might have a new format, but some of your old favorites are always going to be there except in season 37, but we'll, we'll, I digress. Um, but yeah, so it's really just that, like the challenge is kind of like my comfort food TV. If I don't know what I want to watch, if I don't know, if I don't have enough time to start a movie before bedtime, but I really don't want to watch a show like I'm engaging in, like right now I'm watching this show from Showtime called Your Honor with Brian Cranston. That's really good. But I have to actually sit and engage with it. The challenge is kind of like my wind down TV and I just pick random seasons and go through them occasionally. So that's really what I love about the challenge is it just kind of allows me to sit back, relax, be entertained. And the rewatchability for certain seasons is really high because I always see something new, hence our podcast. Yeah, that's definitely something that is, is, is fundamentally different about the challenge compared to Survivor, right? When... Like we should do a comparison episode at some point where we compare the the challenge in Survivor and kind of what we did for All Stars, right? Uh, like mm-hmm. what what the main show can learn from All Stars. We should do a an episode where we do like what Survivor can learn from the challenge and what the challenge can learn from Survivor and kind of back and forth. That would be a good episode. But um, I think so. Yeah the the fun like one of the fundamental differences it's the returning people are on every single season, right? And I definitely think that brings a, I don't know, that, that that's like brings like some good and bad things, right? I think the, the bad thing that kind of comes from that is that people are, once they're on the season once, and then they see what they're like on TV, they're kind of playing to that character, right? Because they see what the editors kind of like about their character and they kind of play to that role after that. Whereas the first time that they're on TV, well, for a lot of these people, it's not the first time that they're on TV. So they've already, it, 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 this has already happened even before they're on the challenge. Um, and so the, it's happening when they're on the first season of the challenge. But um, the first time that like, that's kind of why the, the fresh meat seasons are so good, right? A lot of those people like DM, Evan, Kenny, they had never been on TV before. And so you kind of re- get like a really authentic version of who they are. Um, and that's why that season is so enjoyable. I, I like fresh meat too. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people that that's not their favorite season, but I think that one's good too. But yeah, I think one of the, I think fresh meat too is the most underrated season of the challenge. Like, I think it's so underrated. Like so many people are like, oh, it was at a low point in the ratings. It was this, it was that. If you go back and watch fresh meat too, and you look at it through the lens of what's happening politically, and the inner dynamics between the different relationships of the returning cast, it's absolutely fascinating to watch that season. What do you think? I, I could get on board with that. What do you think second would be? Like, what do you think some of the other most underrated seasons are? So, like, ones that come from mind for me are, like, the ones that I feel like you and I have high and everyone else has low, right? Like the island. So, like, 
technically that would be our most underrated, right? Or one of our most underrated because everyone else hates that and like we enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I think that's more in the hot take category than <laughs> underrated. I think it's the, like when I think underrated, I think people go meh about the season, whereas people have really strong reactions about the island. You either really like the island or you really hate the island. I feel like Fresh Meat 2 is a season people go, eh. Do you think Gauntlet 3 would fall in that category? Yes, absolutely. I think Gauntlet 3 is way underrated. Yeah, I think think Gauntlet 3 is objectively good, especially when you compare it to some of the other seasons around that period of time that people Mm -hmm. enjoy. Um, And I would even say the same thing about Rivals 3. Like, most people hate on Rivals 3. The recent rewatch I did of it back in the fall... I actually really enjoyed the season because believe it or not, if you take it, I think when everyone originally watched rivals three, it occurred in that time frame where we were starting to get a little restless with what was going on with the show. I mean, we, they had just done bloodlines, which was mostly a dud. They had done battle. The X's two, which was pretty good. Then they come back and do rivals three and then they do invasion. And then we get to dirty 30 and Rivals 3 is kind of like that one season everybody loves to hate on in that in that region. Well, now coming out of Season 36, even Total Madness, definitely Vendettas and Final Reckoning, Rivals 3 actually comes across way better when you put it in that context. Yeah, I think Rivals 3, my most memorable moment coming from that was when um, there's that mission that <clears throat> who's Dario's partner that season? Nicole. I think That's it's right. Nicole. Remember that mission where Dario and Nicole win the challenge and they're pretty much in the power position to like send Johnny and Sarah home to pretty much like get rid of them, right? And Dario's like like grilling people I'm throughout the interview <laughs> And then it comes to the point where Johnny and Sarah or go to Dario and Nicole, like when they have like the dinner set up to talk with them and for John, for Johnny and Sarah to seemingly like plead their case, but it takes like all of 20 seconds for the tables to completely turn. And Dario is suddenly pleading his case to Johnny and Sarah. And it just like completely like turns backwards for seemingly. Jedi no mind reason. Trick. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one of my now, most memorable what- moments from that. Yeah, and the other one that really stuck out for me was the fight that Amanda had. I mean, she and Nelson were uh, a replacement team that came in. And, dude, Amanda came out with her guns blazing. Like, she went off on people. And watching her and Smashley scream at each other was pretty interesting, (laughs) to say the least. I mean, there was a lot. And the other thing about that season, too, is the location was phenomenal. The house that they had was incredible it had a great view it had great perks and so the cast was actually able to i think relax on that season a little bit whereas it's not like total madness where they're in the bunker and miserable all the time it seemed like it was a really good location and so they drank more margaritas and more wine and they kind of kicked back more which brought out more drama and conversation aside from the missions and the uh, eliminations you have to have that the challenge like you have, like that. That's my thing about the location. Like I don't really care about the location, except that don't make it a bad location. Just put them in some tropical place with nice weather. That's all you need to do. That's a that's weird it. season too, because I'm looking at the eliminations right now, and three out of the first four people 
went home uh, without going into elimination. Yep. Leroy and Avery. They quit. Brandon and, and Diana. Hurt. Like, Leroy hurt his back, so that eliminated him and Avery. Um, Nate and Christina. Nate pushed out and quit. And I can't remember what the other one was. Thomas and Simone. Thomas and Simone. I think something happened to one of them, and they, they got hurt. Something happened. I can't remember. But then they brought Devin and Cheyenne back after they got eliminated. And they brought in Nelson and Amanda as an alternate couple. I mean, it was just the the beginning of that whole season's a hot mess because of that. All right. I'll do my uh, something that I love about the challenge. So which one do I want to go with first? I know which one I'm going to do first. Because we've talked about maybe doing an entire podcast episode about the episode that this occurs in. But one of the things that I love about the challenge is the team strength mission from Gauntlet 2, where the it's kind of, there's a lot to it, but it starts off with them pushing this like giant paper mache ball down like some path and culminates in the them having to push this truck, right? Each team is pushing this truck and the rookies end up winning the mission um, and the veterans lose because it's where Ace isn't able to release the clutch from the cart that they're in. And they're pretty much Julie, Mark, and Cyrus are pretty much slamming into the cart full blast, like concussing themselves and giving themselves CTE while they're trying to move uh Move the truck. That that's like one of my favorite moments in the entire history of the show. And the whole the whole challenge is good, and the whole episode is incredible because that's the same episode where mm-hmm. we get all of the talk about Susie and uh, Kara potentially conspiring with the the veterans, uh, the veteran men being Timmy, Brad, um, Mark, and David about Mark. throwing missions. Um, and so you have the whole dynamic, and I think there's some other stuff even going on. To- on top of that. So that that's one of we've talked yeah. about this. That's one and it of all the, happened the in 22 episodes. minutes. Yeah. So 22 minutes just flies by. There's no breathing room in there. We talk about kind of, and I guess this mm-hmm. is like kind of like a, a microcosm of kind of one of the, one of the larger reasons why like not only the challenge, but survivor two is that in survivor and the challenge, it usually happens once or twice a season I don't think we really got it in this last season of Double Agents, but once or twice a season, you get an episode that's just like absolutely fucking dynamite, right? Where it's like edgier yep. seat for the entire time. What will ultimately happen at the end of the game, like who the winner of the game is, is pretty much being decided in that episode at some point. And mm-hmm. there will be one or two moments from that episode that you will always remember, right? So like, uh, oh, yeah. for for like Survivor, the last Tony Vlachos Survivor, pitching yeah. the perfect game in season forty. That like, one no just we were watching that, and it just blew our minds. <laughs> like no one's ever. I'm never going to forget that episode because we going into that episode, we were kind of like like who's going to win? Like we thought it was probably going to be Tony. Like I probably thought it was going to be Tony. Coming away from that episode, we're like, it's over. Like it's done. Like he won. Um, and this was done. like. It was like, because remember, he, 
in that episode, he had the disadvantage played against him, right? So he had to get like, yep. what, like six fire tokens. He had to borrow two tokens. He had, had to, to borrow, borrow two. So he convinced he to... two people to, was it like four, three or four? I know he I... had to borrow and he convinced two people to give him fire tokens, convinced them to do it. Then he won that mission. Remember, he he won the like challenge for that mission and got some fire tokens back. And then there's that moment of him when he remember he gets the the, the, the editors. In Does that he get in the episode, spy tree? Uh, that's not what I was going to go with. But but the episodes in that uh, the editors in that episode have a field day, right? Because remember, Parvati is the one who plays or pop. Is it Parvati or poverty? It's poverty. It's poverty. Right? No, poverty. It's, it's poverty. poverty. I don't. It's, know. it's poverty. Parvati, I trust you. It's Parvati because she gets the advantage to play the disadvantage on someone, right? And it's her standing there, like rubbing her like hand against her chin, being like, "Who am I going to play this against?" And then the editors just like pan to like Tony and cut to commercial. And oh then yeah, and Poverty come- was explaining like who would cause the most chaos that I play this against, and then it panned to Tony, and then it went to commercial. And then when they come back. Tony, because this is when they're, they've started to, like, whenever they play, give someone, uh, like, something from Edge of Extinction, they just, like, put it in the person's bag, remember? Mm-hmm. And so Tony, like, sees that he has something in his bag and then just goes, like, springing around the corner and, like, slides like he's going into second base. And as he's, <laughs> and he's reading... he's pumped. pumped. Yeah, he thinks he just got, like, some, like, huge game-changing advantage. He's reading down the uh, clue that he's been given... And it gets to the point where it says you've been had you've had a disadvantage played against you, and he just like slams his like hand against his face. But that that's an example of this, right? This is like we're never going to forget that episode, right? Like mm-hmm. that, like I'm like I'm always going to remember that for the challenge. And didn't that, he blindside somebody too? Like in Tribal Council, Robert, they did this huge probably. blindside and got rid of somebody. I mean, it was insane. Like. I just remember we recorded our recap of Total Madness, and then it was like, can we please talk about Survivor? Can we please talk about Survivor now? Because this was incredible. <laughs> yeah, I can look it up as we uh, keep going. But that's kind yeah. of what I'm talking about. Like, what, what's, what are, like, some episodes of the challenge that you can think of that are kind of like that? I know that yeah. the, I think the last I mean, real one that we had that I can think of off the top of my head was the unedited version of D. Right, the episode yep. that uh, that was a D, good one. Uh, beat Maddie, right? Because dude, that episode was insane. Because that was the episode where um, they're trying to blindside D, and at the end of the episode, it's Johnny and I don't remember who he's with. It's Johnny and someone else are deciding who's going to go into elimination, and. Johnny pretty much gives some long speech about like who he wants to throw in. And then at the end goes, but I will only send in D if Rogan allows me to. And then Panda Rogan was like pretty much like, And Rogan yeah, goes, go do it. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, no, that episode, and I even think the Johnny, West, the Johnny West episode's up there too, just because it was the, for me as a longtime fan, for Rob, he didn't feel that way, and I understand why. For me as a fan of this show since 2001, to see a storyline that started way back in 2008 pay off in 2020, 
that's a huge reward as a viewer to see that happen and to know that they work together for the first season ever. Wes makes the decision that he's going to put himself in against bananas and they're going to go head to head in an elimination for the first time on the real show. They went head to head on like champs versus pros. I think it was kind of lame. So it wasn't, wasn't awesome. So like that was a big deal. Um, the, the one, the, I would say though, the other one that was recent was the Laurel Ninja episode. Yeah, that's the one. Like that's like that's probably like top four episodes of all time. I don't yeah. like that's one of the ones that I immediately think of off the top of my head. One of like the best yeah. eliminations ever. It's for it's a team season, which for I don't know, I'd have to really like sit down and think about whether like inherently I like team seasons more than pairs or individuals. So there's that. You get Johnny and Laurel throwing the mission, remember? Uh, you get the love triangle. And it backfiring. Of, yeah, you get the love triangle of Bear, Georgia, and Laurel, right? Uh, uh, there, there's probably like 10 different storylines. It's so bizarre when you think about it. <laughs> we get the. We get. Um, we that's get pretty Laurel much talking, it. We get Laurel talking Josh into putting. Um, was that the previous episode where he throws in West? That happened the previous episode, I think. That was where, the previous episode. Yeah. Yeah, they threw Wes in the previous episode. So, but All that right. one was good. And then the, this one is going to be controversial. And this will be the last one I bring up that's just memorable. If you watch the Battle of the Bloodlines episode where Abe found out that Kara gave Thomas a handy and then follow it immediately with the after show... It is the most riveting 90 minutes of reality TV you will ever see because it's legit scary. Like it, Dude, it I, is, it is amazing. Dude, I need to watch that episode tonight. I need to watch the reunion. I never saw the, re- the, not the reunion, but like the, uh, the, the after, after show. show that they did of it. Like, I don't know how when I haven't you, seen that dude. You, it will blow your mind when you watch the after show because it's just, it's like, I'm honestly afraid Thomas might die tonight. Like that's how crazy it felt. Like it was intense and abe got blindsided abe was not told about the hand job and he was not told about the conversation where she was like i'm scared of him and i'm afraid to i want to break up with him but i'm afraid to like he got blindsided and he's sitting next to her they're like filming them in the dressing room watching this and so it was he like no no he Dude, knew nothing that is so fucked up it was and that's why it's like you should watch it you if really should watch it. If you have hurt, my Plex server. It's on there. If you're hurt, like, how do you not bring that up? Like, how do you think that it's a good idea to, like, blindside him with that on national television? I you don't I think mean? she knew it got caught on camera because it was done at night. She... They were whispering. And they. I don't think she knew. Because it was captured by, like, a camera in the corner on night vision. And it seemed like it was an ambient mic in the room. They had their mics off because when they're sleeping there, they can take their mics off. If they're not in the pool or in the shower or sleeping, they have to have their microphones on at all times. So they, she, I think, thought that that wasn't going to happen. And then when it happened, it was like, oh, shit. And it just blows up. So, yeah, that 90 minutes. Bloodlines as a whole is complete trash. But I really believe the fight between Jenna and her cousin is hysterical. And there are other moments throughout the season that are fun. It's just not a great format and it's really poorly executed. And some of the bloodlines are awful. 
But that 90 minutes of that episode into that after show are incredible. Um, okay. What's your next one? Okay. So uh, the other thing I love about the challenge, I kind of said it in the first one, but I love the fact that there are consequences for what you do in a season in a future season. If you come back, you know, like, Johnny Bananas. Storylines from season to season. Yeah. Like, there's no other reality show on TV that has those types of continuing storylines in a competition. Let me take that back. Something like Total Divas or Total Bellas or Basketball Wives or something like that. That's not a competition show. So it's different. Survivor, Big Brother, things where people are competing for something you very rarely have continuing storylines season to season. And you can even make the argument, not just from a, I don't want to call them trilogies, but there are clumps of seasons where the storylines run way closer together and have more impact. Like I think about that run from gauntlet three through rivals as like the golden era of what happens in this season really affected what happened the next season. Okay. Because Gauntlet 3 fed into the island and so we Johnny can, figured out. I mean, you can do so all we, kinds of stuff there. We can. And then you go from, we can so that, that yeah. was actually what, what we'll, I'll bring up one of the things that I love about the challenge now because it pretty much like stems in perfect, perfectly with what you're talking about now. And we can kind of just talk about both. So one of the things that I love about the challenge or one of the things that I most love about the challenge is the golden era of the challenge that, that we refer to that like, I think like, boils Rob's blood every single time I say it, but Inferno it is, 2 though. Inferno 2 to Battle of the X's is pretty much the golden era. Season mm-hmm. 10 from season 22, there's really nothing like it. I don't know if there is one, is there one dud throughout that entire stretch? Inferno 3. You can delete Inferno 3 and yeah. it's fine because everything that happened in Inferno 3 didn't really matter before or after it other than it's where Johnny and Kenny became friends and you get Timmy's awesome speech and then you get Derek and Tanya and Evelyn winning their first show. Yeah. But aside from that, it's forgettable. Inferno two, incredible. Gauntlet two, great. Fresh meat is good. Duel, the duel, which I'm not as high on, but other, other people like apparently the consensus opinion, according to Rob is that this is the, most liked season of the show, right? Um, if Inferno you change 3, those eliminations to real eliminations, I agree. Get rid of I Gaunt, can. Gauntlet Go. 3, incredible. Island, incredible. Duel 2, incredible. The Ruins, incredible. Fresh Meat 2, we both said that we love and think it's really underrated. Cutthroat, Rivals, really good. which I think both, did both of us have that as our, no, I had that as my second best season. Second best or Rivals is my best season ever, in my opinion. I think I had that as second best, and I had The Ruins as number one. And then mm-hmm. Battle of the X's. That's 10 through 22. Um, mm-hmm. And then, then things start to get really shaky. Um, Battle, Battle of the, of the season, Seasons. <laughs> that, that's where things like fundamentally change. I think that was the first, the first season in a really long time. Johnny Bananas wasn't on. And the first season in a long time that when I was watching it live, I didn't really enjoy um it was so depressing and dark like there was nothing happy about it it didn't seem like anybody was having fun it seemed like they all hated everybody mm-hmm. and it just seemed like this giant cloud of negativity just kind of dwarfed that season 
Yeah, and I mean, I think that's something that you could say about about 10 through 22, right? The golden era. Like, despite what everyone felt about each other, you could tell that they were still having fun being around each other. I think it was just a different environment. Um, yeah. yeah, the really only miserable season was the ruins. Like, you could tell people were just absolutely miserable on the ruins. And it showed by the behavior. And you could even say rivals people are having fun because it's like the last season that felt like a family reunion for that cast. I mean, there was some new people, but it's the last cat. It's the last time Johnny, Evan and Kenny are on a season together. It's the last time that CT is on there with those people. It's the last time you see Evelyn. I mean, there's a lot of people that kind of weren't on the show that were a huge part of the golden era that are just gone after that. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And when we did our seasons rankings and I put the ruins number one, I've seen, I haven't seen the ruins in a really long time and I haven't seen it for a while before we did that season's ranking. Um, I didn't even think that that was going to be like a super hot take, to be honest. Like I, I had really like no perspective on like what people thought about those seasons, but I didn't think that that was going to be way out of left field. I think some people would probably say that's out of as hot of a take as you saying that Paula is the number one female competitor. Maybe not. Eh, you know, no, probably that, not to that extreme. No, it's definitely not. Like that, that, I think that's on the its fact own, that like, people level. on Discord actually say that's not a terrible decision. I'm like, see, I'm telling you, it's not the worst decision on the planet. <laughs> that's like how uh, on Discord, I asked someone to make a compelling argument about why I think Inferno three and the first battle of the sexes aren't bad. Someone was able to successfully do it for the first battle of the sexes. I agree. They, were, they did a they were really not, good job. <laughs> they were not able to do it for uh, Inferno three. Like, like, yeah, it's just just not at all. Because there's at least there's some stuff that happens in uh, Battle of Sexes. If you made Battle of Sexes, like we say before, uh, one of our catchphrases, if you make it half as long, it's it's. Uh, it, I think it becomes it's, a much it's better. It's watchable. Season. It's the the issue is that it's. Like 18 episodes, isn't it? Or 16 episodes? Yeah, and after Puck is gone, like nothing dramatic happens. It's just mission, Ellen cries, somebody gets voted off. Mission, Ellen cries, somebody gets voted off until the end of the season. And then the boys just obliterate the women. You know who the, I think, female Chadwick is from that era? Someone who uh, was on a small number of seasons and you could tell that like the impact that they had it, it just seems like they would have, they would have been a much, they would have been an entertaining person to have on more seasons, even though that they only had a, a small appearance on the show. Was Emily Bailey? Like I think of her, course. her presence on Sexes and she was on All Stars. Right, those were only two seasons. She was ma- made a battle more, the seasons. Yeah, excuse me. Um, she was made more for I think the current era of the show than she was uh, those shows at the time. Um, yeah, she was thinking very politically, and everybody else on that show was thinking fair, <laughs> at least on the female side. I don't feel like Mark, Colin, and Jamie were thinking fair. I think they were thinking, we have the most points. Screw you guys. <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to cover the ruins after we cover the duel, too. And we'll probably get to that relatively soon, just because... There's, it's next. It, yeah, I mean, it's next, and as it stands now... Um, we're not going to have season 37 or another all-stars for till what, what did we decide? Like late August, August or September. 
Yeah, probably mid to late Crazy. August. Right. Although I heard some really good rumors about 37 that are not spoiler territory that I don't know if it gives me hope, but it at least makes me feel like, okay, apparently they completely changed the format after the COVID spark. Okay. So they basically reset the game because a bunch of people had to go home because they couldn't stay. And then they brought a bunch of alternates in to fix it. And so they just wiped the board basically and started over and the format changed slightly and it's shorter now. They were eliminating people faster. So I'm I'm hopeful that if they're eliminating people faster, they won't try to stretch this out to 19 episodes. I'm I'm worried though that it could go the other direction and be like Final Reckoning where it just never ends and nothing happens for two episodes in a row. I'm really frightened that I think it's going to go either way. Do you know I think they're going to stretch it out? That just yeah. like seems to be the mode that they're in right now. Yeah. And then the only thing that's kind of spoiler territory, but I don't think anybody will care. No skulls. No skulls. No skulls. So that is the, that is the length of the rumors I have heard from a friend of mine. And um, uh, yeah, I can't go any further from that source, but needless to say, uh, I'm hopeful, but I am worried they might try to stretch it out and they probably will, which means it's going to suck because it's going to be hard to get through 19 episodes where sometimes people don't go home for two episodes in a row. (laughs) Especially if they're 90 minute episodes too. Yeah. I mean, if it's 19 episodes and they're an hour a piece, I could maybe get on board with that a little more, but I have a feeling they're going to try to go 90 minutes again. And it just, I just don't know. I don't think they have enough veterans on the cast to make it interesting dramatic wise. I think it's just going to be a bunch of new people screwing around. They just need to do more seasons. You know what I mean? Instead of doing these like 19 minute episodes of how, 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 of of 19 episodes per season. That's what we did for total Mm -hmm. madness. Let's do 10 to 13 episodes per season. 12, 12 12 episodes per season, 12 episodes per season, 90 minute episodes, and let's just crank these things out like one after another, right? Like as soon as one season's done, let, let, let's start recording another. Like no breaks. Let's just like power through this, and then you can yeah. do and just stay in the same location too. Like don't get cute with this. Like film these in Puerto Rico, right? Where like the taxes yeah. are like still like a little bit lighter. Maybe not Puerto Rico, just because of the the weather. Like or like film these in like Cabo. It can be pretty somewhere volatile. like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, go back to Costa Rica. It's fine. Go back to where they did for uh, Rivals Three. It was perfect. Just film two seasons back to back right there. Just do it. And just make that your permanent location. Never change. You can even. It'd be fine. The show will be fine. <laughs> so, I kind of veers off topic a little bit, but yeah. So, um, I'm with you. I mean, that golden era of the show is just something else. And if it wasn't for that golden era of the show, I wouldn't be doing this show because when the seasons got I don't want to say worse, but when the when the difference happened in the show and the tone of the show changed, because enough of those characters from the golden era were still around, I stuck with it. And yeah. so now I've kind of gotten to a place where it's like, even if I have an, a season like Double Agents that I don't particularly like, there are still some of those characters from that golden era. Because, I mean, even though Darrell was pretty non-existent on Double Agents, he was still around. And it was cool to see him and CT having to interact on the show again, where they were really going after each other. 
it was good to see some of those characters still hanging around. And I think we you know we that's why we loved All Stars so much for a lot of different reasons. But it's like, man, like those people never missed a beat. <laughs> it was no, great. Not at all. A lot of them got better. Um, yeah. And I, if think... anything, I wanted two to three more episodes of it. If they'd have done 12 of those, I'd have been real happy. <laughs> Do you think Mr. Beautiful will ever, will, will ever do another season? If you had to bet money. I think he's got one more left in him. I think he'll do an all-star season. But I also understand why he won't. I won't go into whether the allegations against him and Evan are true or not. Because there is so much misinformation about that whole situation on both sides. That we're never going to know the truth. So the people that accuse them of being what they claim they are, I don't think that's fair. But I also don't exactly say that they're innocent either. So, but there's enough ambiguity there that it's kind of like, I'd rather give them the benefit of the doubt because there was enough people who stood up for them that weren't exactly their friends. That makes me go, yeah. it's somewhere in the middle about what happened. And either way, whatever happened to Tanya was terrible. Yeah, I don't know. Like, we have to, and we're going to have to and, co- cover, cover that when we get to the ruins. Yeah. Um, like, I think that's definitely something that like years ago, like maybe five or six years ago, I was much more informed on pretty mm-hmm. much everything that went on around it. I'm definitely mm-hmm. going to like reinform myself again and like do as much research as possible to actually have like, um, an opinion about it because right now I couldn't have an intelligent conversation about yeah. it. Yeah. And and we'll um, save that then for that because I feel like there's enough on both sides that you can make a compelling argument on both sides, but the the truth is really somewhere in the middle on that situation. So if I'm Kenny, there is a strong chance that if he goes back on all stars, that he's going to get crucified on social media. I mean, with cancel culture, the way it is, and let's, for the sake of this conversation, let's say he's is is innocent of what they were accused of. Do you really want to put yourself through that to go on All Stars? Yeah, probably not. So I can yeah, understand. I think, I, think the, I think he might, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't. Yeah, I think that's the like underlying issue that might may prevent him. Because I was thinking about, I was thinking along the lines of who, if you could have any person be on the show that hasn't been on um, in a decent amount of time. Like who would that one person be? Like who would, who would you want to bring back? He's towards the top of the list. He and Evan are literally the top two followed by Evelyn. I mean, those are the three people I think I really want to see back and Evan more than anybody, because if anybody is going to show up on all stars and make it a political game, it'll be Evan because Evan's not showing up to have fun. Evan's showing up for a business trip to win. Yeah, I think I think Landon would be good, but like the issue with Landon though is part of the reason that he was so entertaining is because physically he was so much more dominant than everyone else. Mm-hmm. Who knows what that's going to be like X number of years later now that he's aged. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Evan, he was good physically, but he was also good socially, good politically, and he was hilarious. Right, so he had yes. all those other attributes that don't necess- that, that would still be good now, um, as good now as they were before. And you would have a narrator for the show. Like you wouldn't necessarily, and I'm not hating on Anissa, but a lot of the reason Anissa gets cast is she's a really good narrator. If Evan's there, you don't need Anissa to narrate the show. Anissa. So, 
right. And I do uh, that as a fan. Like, I've actually grown to appreciate the cockroach of the challenge. And I mean that affectionately. I always have. Like, the fact that this woman literally has been on the challenge since 2002 and we're in 2021 and she just ran a final on all stars lover hater. That is impressive. That is impressive. No matter how she performs, that is still impressive that she's still around. Um, dude, I'm going to blind type you and Rob, uh, one episode and I'm just going to have Anissa show up on the, <laughs> on the podcast I feel like that would be a fun conversation because I feel like she would get a, she might not like the nickname, but if it was explained to her, I think she would probably get a kick out of it because I mean it with love. I really do. It's not like a, Oh God, I don't ever want to see her on my TV again. It's just more like, how do you keep sticking around girl? Like explain how you keep sticking around, please. I would love to know because it is fascinating to me. She has to just cost less than a lot of other people, right? She has to cost us, and it's from the producer's perspective. She knows what to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like she's like she's been through the process. It's kind of dude. Like this is kind of the argument that um, people use for like really old quarterbacks that like backup quarterbacks that get paid a ton of money that provide no value. Um, so like <laughs> on the like field Ch- value, no. Like Chad Henney. Um, Matt Schaub, like Matt Schaub played until what, like within the last couple of years. Um, it was like two years ago. Yeah. He was still, Matty Schaub was still hanging around somehow. Yeah. There's like was the people, other one. Sexy Rex Grossman stuck around for like 12 years. There's some people like, I feel like there's a quarterback like once a year that you'll see is like taking snaps. And like, it's like, I didn't know that guy has like been on a team within the last like half decade. Um, and like so, like they're they're the argument that people give for like why they're there is to be mentors for uh, the other the younger quarterbacks like in the film room and to kind of like mentor them and show them what to do, right? But yep, if if that's why you have them, just make them a coach, right? Like have them like like don't, don't pay them all that money uh, if you don't have to. Like do it like that, that goes against their salary cap, and there's no salary cap in the challenge, but like. I don't know. It, it seems like that. That's pretty much the same reason why uh, the producers like to have Anissa on the show. But all right. and that's fair. Like because I'm sure her appearance fee is not terribly high. It's it's not in bananas level, but it's more than you know a rook. She's she's earned her stripe. She deserves a good paycheck to show up. And let's also be real. Unless and Rob would probably hate on me with statistics here, but unless every female breaks their leg in the final, she ain't winning the final. So like, let her get paid, let her narrate the show, let her have some dramatic moments and she can still give you a good elimination too. She was really good in the eliminations on double agents. So like, to me, it's worthwhile to have her on the show for what she brings at the, to the challenge in this stage of her life. So I'm, I'm all in on it. So anyway, yeah, we talked about this. We talked about this in the last recap that we did of all stars, but the way that the final played out as far as the rankings of competitors on each side, like there's nothing really shocking about it. You know what I mean? It was chalk. It, everybody and, performed except, exactly except where Janae. we said they would. Janae was like, that one was the outlier. Off, one spot off. But you know what I mean? That like you would expect that, right? Like this is like just one occurrence of um, like a bunch of possibilities that could happen. Um, and there's definitely going to be a certain amount of time where she does that. But Anissa and Easy finished dead last. Like everyone would have predicted that. And then Darrell 
Uh, and yes, we're at the top for the men. And who's on top for the women? Janae and who else, Trace? Kellyanne. It was Kellyanne, who I think everyone would have said would have been Kellyanne. number one for the women. Um, and she really got submarined by the fact that she had easy on the first leg. But all right, what's your what's your last one? My last one? All right. The last thing that I love about the challenge, the fights, man. There is nothing better than a good challenge fight. Like, it is just entertaining as all hell, even when it's a lame challenge fight. The Jenna and her cousin fight from Bloodlines is epic. I mean, the fact that they worked in an insult. If my dad wasn't in jail and owned a bakery, I would have a job. Congratulations, your dad owns a bakery. That was legitimately used in a fight on the challenge. <laughs> I was going to say that they have to be like lighthearted um, for them to be entertaining, but I don't even think that's true because like the CT Adam one, like maybe like one of the most iconic moments in the history of the show. There really isn't much lighthearted about that. The part, the thing that's lighthearted about it is the fact that everyone's in onesies, right? And Isaac <laughs> has is, like, like makeup on, like eyeliner yeah, makeup, and look. Yeah, ridiculous. Isaac is like stumbling through like fists flying. Like Mr. Bean, like in a like, movie with like, he's like Otis with like the drugs from Andy around. Griffith. Yeah. Dude, like there's some great fights. I, we should do we should do an episode of like best fights ever because like now I'm thinking about the Oh absolutely. There are some like lighthearted moments there's, to like almost all the fights. Because think about even like going back to like Inferno 2, the one between uh Tanya and Beth, right? When Tanya throws all of yeah. Beth's clothes out into the swimming pool. And everyone from the veterans, or not from the veterans, but from the uh, the good guys, like comes outside, sees her clothes in the pool, and just starts dying laughing. Yeah, just lose, and they're all drunk, and they're just drunkenly laughing. And then you've got like even the Ms. Brad Wedgie situation. This was oh a my fight, God, dude. and Bug Eye Brad shows up. <laughs> and then you've also got like even ridiculous fights you might have forgotten about the cutthroat fight where Ty gets a potted plant and starts swinging it on the bed and dirt's flying everywhere. It's just ridiculous. Like it really is astounding. And, and even not just fights, but just amazingly stupid moments that you won't see on any other reality TV show. That's the thing. One of the funniest moments in the history of the show is on rivals Two when Tyree passes out taking a shit and they open the door and he's passed out like this with his pants to his ankles. I mean, the stuff you see in a college party that wind up on national TV somehow, like it just, it really is a show unlike any other on reality TV. Like there's just nothing quite like a challenge fight. That's the thing is like on, on the challenge on reality TV, like you can't make this stuff up. You know what I mean? Like, like, no one, like, thinks of this to, like, put this in a movie. Like, this can only no. come organically from a bunch of crazy people being forced to live in a house with each other and, like, fight against each other for money. That's the only way that you can come yep. up with a lot of this. <laughs> I mean, even going back to the darker season of, like, Battle of the Seasons, when you think about the fight between Nani and Frank and then Dustin starts ripping his shirt off and saying, do you want to get street bitch? Like just what is going on? (laughs) Well, he's not the one that rips his shirt off. Who's the one that like rips his shirt off? It was that, uh, Maria's boyfriend. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like Dustin starts doing the Superman. Like you want to get street bitch? Like just really puffing his chest out. Like just, 
ridiculous. And then even the fight where like people were getting hurt and stumbling over potted plants because they were all so drunk. It was like Rob and Marie and Derek and like a bunch of different people. Like it just the Amanda fight from Rivals Three. Oh my god! It's like thirty minutes of just straight screaming and Camilla and Smashley are involved. I mean, it just. Yeah, like I I love it. Like it is drama of the best kind and it can only happen with a bunch of crazy people competing for money like you said that are given alcohol. Like that's really what it boils down to. <laughs> Dude, I would want to the producers should let us cast one season of the show. They should God, let us it would like be so be, easy. They would like I think I think they make so I think my my thing would be that I would say to them is that like you don't make this like more difficult than it needs to be. And then mm. I think that they would present us with some things that like have never even crossed our mind for why they try and do some of what they do. Um like one sure. of them could be so like one thing that I could think of is that it could be that the budget that they're given for a cast, it could just be that that is like set in stone and they cannot cross a line. Right. And so there is literally no way that they could cast a lot of the people on a season that we would want to have cast on a season. And that's why we see a lot of the people oh, yeah. on seasons, um, just because I'm sure they're dirt cheap. Right. Um, that could yeah. be something that that th- they would tell us that would be like, OK, that, that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. And I and that's why I try to give production the benefit of the doubt on a lot of decisions, because we just don't know what's happening behind the scenes on a lot of this stuff, you know, like just the skulls. Like, I feel like the skulls was an overreaction to something and it just didn't play out how they intended it to. And it just didn't it didn't create quite the drama they thought it would. And that's understandable. And I think that, you know, in hindsight, the skull twist works best in a team season where people are on a team trying to fight to go in and then fighting to stay out later. Like I feel like the dynamics on a team season with the skulls is way more interesting because you might have a team of uh, 12 people and only eight of those people actually get the opportunity to go get skulls and at least four people out in the wind. Like, I mean, I think that that is a much better dynamic than the way they've done it on these more individual or, partner type seasons they've done these last couple years. So I feel there's a way to do it, but it comes with the benefit of hindsight. And so I I, I try to give them a mulligan where I can. I think we can agree that the way the skulls have been executed has just not been terribly effective. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder why they tried to do it the second time. Right. I wonder if you asked them what they thought would play out differently the second time with them doing it. I wonder what they thought would be different about it. Um, Or if they thought, or if, if they didn't even necessarily think that it would play out differently, but they thought that it would, it was actually somewhat successful the first time. I would want to know why they thought it was successful um, and how yeah. they thought it would carry over. For sure. And then like, you know, the last piece of that though, too, is it's like, I feel like this is a thing we should do a pod on at some point, but I feel like it's kind of like the all nonsense season of survivor. Like there are just certain formats that you just don't need to overthink it. You know what you do? You get a bunch of combustible personalities and you throw them into a dual format and just let the insanity go crazy because people are going to be insane about the list. If you have the right cast, like that's, again, you have to have the right cast, to pull it off. And there are certain people you can cast that I feel like would take less show money to just show up and be on the show. If they know that there's a half a million dollar prize waiting on them on the season, I feel like that, 
alleviate some of that drama we had in the past, like those seasons where they were still going after 300 K those seasons were probably really hard to like, when you think that rivals three era where we had all those, are you the one people, all those, are you the one people were on? Cause they were cheap. Let's be real. Most of them yeah. never showed back up because well, they, they needed, sucked. They just needed they people cheap. too. They just needed, yeah. they needed bodies. The real world was pretty much dead by that point. Wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So that's why you have the expanded shows like big brother and all that now is, I mean, there's no real world feeder system anymore. Or there's about to be from what I hear. Road Rules is coming back, so you've got another Butum Murray feeder system coming. So the main show has a lot more options that are in the Butum and Murray family coming up, but we're still going to be in Big Brother Survivor International Land for at least another season or two, I think. So I it's just want to see. I just want to see, and I think we're closer now to it happening than we were at any other point in time. I want to see Tony on the challenge, just one season. I don't think it would turn out well. I just don't. You don't think it would turn out well? I think it would be good. If it was an all-stars type format where they did like all-stars versus reality all-stars, I think that would work. Like bring in, you know, Mark Long, Derek, even bring in Bananas for that one. Bring in, you know, those people and have 10 10 real-world Road Rules Fresh Meat all-stars. And then you bring in 10 all-stars that are like the Tony Vlachoses of the world and the the Natalie Andersons. Like, go ahead and put them and do like a three-week show like they did for all-stars. I think that could work really well. Um, but I just don't see Tony Vlachos going away for eight weeks to be on the challenge. I just don't see it happening. Unless they paid the him over, an obscene amount of money. <laughs> if I put the over-under at one for the amount of challenge wins for Johnny Bananas between now and the time that he's completely done with the show, would you take the over or the under? So you're pretty much picking whether or not you think he's going to win zero or more than one. Are you including all-stars or just the main show? No, the main show. Just the main show? He's never winning again. You don't think so? No. Dude, I thought that before double agents, dude. Like, I didn't think it was going to happen. Oh, you mean Total Madness? Yeah. Total, no, yeah, total I, I knew I knew from the first episode of Total Madness he was winning just by the way they edited the show. And it wasn't edgic. I could just tell by the way the season was shaping up. And I looked at the cast, looked at the format. I was like, if Johnny, this is his best chance to win. If he doesn't win this season, he ain't winning again. It it really boils down to format. Like, But you also have to say, like, how many more seasons is he realistically going to do with the main challenge? That's the thing. I really don't know that we see him on the main show anymore because I just don't think he wants to go away for eight or nine weeks anymore. And that's the, that's the thing, right? Like that's a big issue for a lot of people. And I think it's making the show less entertaining is that the show is this long. It's that much of a commitment and it's not fun, right? Like we've heard a lot of people say, especially from the UK side that the show isn't fun and they don't want to do it anymore. Right. And so if you're doing that and losing entertaining, good characters, you need to change what you're doing as a show. I think that's one of the biggest yeah. issues that I have with the way that the show is currently constructed, right? People don't enjoy doing yeah. it. And if people don't enjoy doing it, yeah. they're not going to be entertaining and people are going to stop watching. If so. you can't get the job done in six weeks, it's too long. Like 40 days, yeah. like Survivors is like 38 to 40 something, depending on all the production stuff they do. Well, if the you can't get of- the challenge done in six weeks, it's too long. 
The So the actual amount of days for Survivor is 39 days. This upcoming season, I've heard rumors that it's going to be shorter. How many actual days do you think like are part of the game? Do we have any idea? Like how many days were part of uh, Total Madness? Like double agents? Yeah. Well, they went into quarantine for 10 days. So it was 10 days. They were on location, I heard, for like a little over eight or nine weeks. So nine times seven is 63 days. And then you add 10. They were gone like 73 days. Yeah, it was like 73 days. Stop. Like, you don't need to do that. Mm -mm. But the ratings don't tell them that yet. And so I think it's going to take, I mean, a lot of the reason why, and people forget this, the challenge was on the verge of being canceled from Gauntlet 3 all the way until Rivals 2. They were not getting renewed until after the current season had finished airing and then they got their renewal. We were only getting one challenge a year there for a while because it was, especially in that fresh meat cutthroat era, like it was razor thin that the show survived. So the only reason the show evolved was because of ratings. And then they got a bit bigger of a budget, but then the cast got bad for a while and now they've had to resuscitate how they cast and now the ratings are back up it's going to take the ratings going back down before they make any bigger changes again. Okay. Uh, What's your last, last one? My last one. We'll do this one quick. Uh, one of the things that I love about the challenge is the final from Call of Three. That's one of the things that I love about the challenge. <laughs> All right. What What uh, is it about it that you love so much? I will just like randomly like, I will randomly watch. There's like a clip of it on, I think, Daily Motion. Uh, like I will just randomly watch that final, like the, like those like 10, 15 minutes. I mean, because the whole episode's only 22 minutes long, so you can watch yeah. it pretty quick. It's pretty much just like the, going back to kind of what we were talking about before about you can't make this stuff up. And like, you, like, this is, this is like one of the reasons I would put that forth as one of the arguments for why reality TV at times can be superior to scripted drama. And that's because you cannot see that type of emotion on people's face anywhere else, right? Like you're pretty much like watching. <laughs> How many people are on the team at that point? Like 10 people, like eight people, like 10, it's like 10 people. You're watching people slowly realize over the course of 22 minutes that the amount of money that they were previously going to make that in their minds has probably already been spent, right? They already know what they're going to spend this money on. <laughs> Is like evaporating. They know that that thirty grand they're taking home is already spent. <laughs> pretty much from pretty much it's it's messed up because like it happens literally from the time it starts, right? It from the time that they get off the boat and do the swim to the beach, and Easy is dying when they get to the sand. It's over. Yeah, like it, like they know then it's over, but it and it slowly like they know that it's over, but then it like it slowly materializes in their mind. They're like fully able to accept it when they get to the stairs and easy, like, like stumbles down the stairs. He's on his back and production comes and he does the teeter totter thing. His arms. Yeah. He's like, does this and he goes down and it's like, Oh no. Paul and Robin start to cry. Um, Like Evelyn starts screaming. Evan's screaming at Robin. Or uh, Kenny, excuse me. Kenny's screaming at Robin. Brad is screaming at them that this man's going to die. <laughs> yeah, because right before right before the stairs, 
uh, CT and Brad are screaming at each other because Brad or CT is like, like just like pretty much like pulling, uh, easy along in the chain. Um, I don't know. Like that's definitely like one of the, uh, like most memorable moments. It's definitely, I would, it's not like positive. You know what I mean? I don't like, like that this stuff is happening. Um, but like, it's definitely like one of the like mo- most memorable moments that I have of the show for sure. Yeah, it is for sure. I mean, and it, it's haunted big easy up until all stars. I mean, I, I, I give easy his props that he finished this final on all stars, Yeah, but him claiming that this is some kind of redemption. It's like, dude, you, you came in dead last and every person that was partnered with you finished dead last on every leg. Like, it's not exactly something you should brag about. I finished. Great, man. Good for you. Uh, you still give, stink at this game. I give him credit. He fi- Dude, he, he finished and he gave us... He finished. One, one of the most... Speaking of like memorable moments, he gave us one of the most memorable eliminations of all time. That's true. Right? He that did give us the, that shocking elimination. Just the, shocking. Like, is there... Can you name... Can you name a bigger upset? We talked about this at the time. I don't know if there's been a bigger up- upset in the history of the show. Um, Probably the Brad over CT because of the DQ. On the duel. Yeah, because that was shocking in its own way, right? Like, I mean, CT was same- peak CT. Like, CT was winning that season if he gets out of that elimination. And the fact that Brad, granted, CT was just an animal and smoked him on it, but he got too hyper and broke the carabiner and he lost. Do you remember, I, that was shocking. <laughs> do you remember why uh, CT says that he picked Brad? No. Cause he has skinny legs. Oh my God. <laughs> He's not wrong. I mean, Wes wouldn't have been that much better. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> all right. Uh, I think Good that's times, all we got. Though. That's what we got, man. That's a solid. We thought we were going 30 minutes and we went an hour. We always say we're going to go short. And it never happens. <laughs> so, uh, again, just to recap everything. Uh, tomorrow, Rob and I will cover um, the reunion of All-Stars. Next week, we will do a preview of either the men or the women, most likely the women, the new women that are going to be on season 37. Um, and then we'll have... And the final part of Duel 2 will happen sometime in the next couple weeks, probably. Yeah, they'll probably happen next week. There's there's going to be two episodes that'll go out next week. Last week, we only did one yep. episode. Um, we are going to make a point to try and do two episodes per week, though. Uh, if you want to yep. send us a message and eat listener email questions, you can send it to the challengechronicles at gmail.com. If you want to become a patron and get all of the content, uh, you can go to thechallengechronicles.com. That'll redirect you to our Patreon page. It costs $4 for the base base tier, which gets you all the podcast content, $12 if you want the videos, which are getting better. Uh, we're definitely like, I feel like we're getting better every single episode uh, for the for the videos. That's, that's definitely like one of my yep. goals. Um and with that, and we got a great it. Discord server, man. There's tons yeah. of people on Discord, man. Have fun with us on Discord. We talk about everything from the challenge to Survivor to NBA to whatever. It's the, it's actually really fun interacting with all of you. So the Discord is the Discord is worth the four dollars alone. I would say that. Like we like we could like mm-hmm. make a tier just for the Discord. It's it's that enjoyable. 
Um, and it's kind of good because that like $4 just to get into it right now, that's what you get at the introductory tier. It's kind of, it's like a, a way to like screen people like in their commitment about the show, right? Like everyone that's in there is very knowledgeable about the show um, and has like well thought out opinions um, and has, has been invested mm-hmm. in the show in some way, shape or form. So it's a good time. Um, all right. Thank you for listening, everyone. And we'll talk yeah, to you Yeah, if you're, if you're a Patreon of our show, yep. Bye.